sorry I don't love you A fresh I've grown accustomed to Cause with you if something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, as is Jacob Tender. We are at episode 100. It feels like, you know, sometimes just yesterday that we started this podcast and Jacob and I were doing episode one together. So Jacob, thank you for not only helping me kick off the podcast, but I believe you also did episode 50 and, you know, quite a few in between. (laughs) Yeah, no, thanks for having me back and congratulations on the anniversary again. That's it's amazing. It's it's incredible to me that you've done a hundred of these and this is like every is it just weekly or do you put some out, you know, like twice a week or how do you how have you hit a hundred already? It doesn't seem like you've been doing it for a hundred weeks. <laughs> well, I did start it in October twenty sixteen. I was actually looking at that the other time. I was like, It it's been that long? <laughs> That's nuts. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because uh well, yeah, the Frank Ocean record came out sometime around that time, and I think that's when I had started doing some of my my Frank Ocean cataloging stuff, and I think I came on the show to talk about that too. So, yes, geez, wow, <laughs> two years, yeah, that's incredible. It's been a long time, and I think I've only maybe taken like a week or two off during the holidays because most people are busy and not listening to podcasts yeah, anyway. As you should, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plus, I was like, okay, I think if I take the holidays off. People will understand. It'll be fine. The holidays are a good time to catch up on the shows that you're not subscribed to but want to listen to. Yeah. Like the back catalogs of things that you're trying to catch up on and stuff. Like last holiday when a majority of the shows that I follow took a break, I caught up on, I don't know, probably like 150 episodes of Roderick on the Line because it's like all that I could listen to. I just went through the back catalog and, and plowed through. Yeah, I have a few that I've slowly been making my way through. I've been listening to Business Wars quite a bit recently, just because they've done some really interesting pairings. You know, they've done Nike and Adidas. I think Ford and Chevy is one of the next ones I'm coming up on. But I had just found out about that show recently. And I was like, okay, I'll listen to the Marvel and DC one. And if I like this series, I'll go back and listen to the rest. So I I will probably be doing that in the coming months here as shows start to take more breaks (laughs) that one sounds that show sounds interesting i've not listened to any of them but uh if they do a craft first velveta let me know (laughs) sounds interesting i'll have to check the back catalog there because they (laughs) they've done quite a few things they have like you know i think they have a single episode on monster versus beats so it's like oh yeah monster was a headphone company that that was a thing you know (laughs) i was always a skull candy kid myself i had quite a few of their earbuds as well (laughs) They broke so fast. I know, but they were so cheap, you didn't really care. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I had some of their over-the-head ones, and they were just the cheapest things. Like, for the time, like, they sounded better than anything else I owned, but, man, they were they were pretty terrible. I'm sure I have the remains of them somewhere <laughs> in my, like, childhood closet. I'll have to look when I'm at my dad's. Yeah, I think I have some on-ear ones somewhere, and it's just, they crush your head, too. <laughs> it was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were really, like, super tight, and if you didn't want to, like, flex them too much, or they just snap. It's the cheapest plastic. Yeah. I've since upgraded to better headphones for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Awesome. Well, today we are talking all about Pixar shorts. Due to my 
continuing internet problems. I did not get to watch quite as many of them as I was hoping for, but I watched, you know, I feel like I watched at least like 20 of them, which is plenty to get enough of a conversation out of. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. And to be fair, I think I think we wanted to talk about Pixar more in general, but I really want to read that book. Uh, what is it? Creativity Inc.? Yeah, I have that and I still need yeah. to read it as well. We can make that our homework and maybe, you know, in, yeah. t- in 10 more episodes or something, <laughs> we'll both have finished that. Because yeah. I, I love Pixar. I, I've always loved Pixar and I, I want to do an episode on that too, but I just, I felt like I'd be more prepared if I had read that book and... Uh, yeah, we'll get to that at some point. But in the meantime, shorts are great because they're the great thing about these shorts. They're just I mean, they're so short. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're it's in the name. They they're they're super little things like in and of themselves. And I think a lot of people would be most familiar with these because they play before the movies and the theaters and uh, on the home releases as well. These are like the little teeny tiny videos, the little tiny individual stories that usually don't have anything to do with the main film. Um, but are beautiful and are really interesting in and of themselves. So I thought this would be kind of a cool little mini topic. Yeah, definitely. And I was surprised at how many of these I actually remembered because I'm pretty sure some of the really old ones I had not seen the movies in theaters because going to the movies wasn't Mm -hmm. really something we did a whole lot as a family. It was like we would wait for the, at the time, VHS and then later on the DVDs to come out. But, you know, like what is it luxo jr the one with the little junior light the pixar light mm-hmm. there and the, you know he's like kicking yeah. the ball around and everything i was like i remember this but i don't remember where i saw it so you know they must have <laughs> included at least some of these in the releases too when you would buy them because i was like otherwise yeah. i have like you know that was probably what i think it was like late 1980s when that one came out i was like i wasn't even around yeah. then so how do i remember that <laughs> Luxo Jr. was made in 86. It was actually the second of the like the Pixar shorts of this kind. Yeah. Um, but it was included in the Toy Story 2 theatrical and home DVD. Okay. So, yeah. So when when that came out, um, they they stuck it on there because it kind of it kind of fit. Because I mean, at the beginning of any Pixar short, there's always like the the Luxo stinger, like you know, like the the logo comes up with the little Luxo animation. Um, so I think people were familiar enough with Luxo at that point because they had come out with several movies that they were able to stick that on there as, as sort of a fun little Easter egg. Yeah, and that one actually aged fairly well, I would say, but the very first yeah. one they did, The Adventures of Andre and Wally B, you can definitely tell <laughs> that it was something a lot newer at the time that they were doing because yeah. the animation is a little more rough. It's not terrible. It wasn't like horrendous to watch or anything. Plus you have to consider I was watching these on YouTube. So the quality of the videos in general was not all that fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Adventures of Andre and Wally B is really interesting. Cause it was, I mean, it was just a, uh, as most of their early shorts were, um, you know, these were very early tech demos. Yeah. Like these, these weren't meant to be like narrative pieces like the newer ones are um these were very very short and they were just supposed to show off the technology that they had or that they were developing at the time and i think that one's only like maybe a minute long yeah it was pretty short super super short and it's super basic and the you know the coloring isn't great like the texture mapping isn't there it doesn't really feel much like a pixar short at all but it it showed what they were doing and at the time that was incredible because this is 1984 like this is the year 
my dad graduated from college. Like it's, it's a, I don't know. It's, it's not like, I wouldn't call it like a canonical short, but it was the beginning of what would to come very soon after no less, because as you said, like Luxo Jr. holds up. That was only made two years later, which blows my mind. I think that helps too, because they still have, you know, that same logo that they use with the little light as the eye in Pixar and everything. So it's like, okay, you know, you see the theme with that one more so than you do with Mm -hmm. Andre and Wally B because, you know, that one was so short. You're like, oh, okay. You know, it didn't quite have a lesson in it. Like I think some of the more current shorts do. I think, you know, yeah. You, you watch some of them and you're like, okay, you know, I get the message that they're getting across here. But with that one, it's just like, hey, look what we can do. And they've definitely evolved a lot over the years since that one, obviously. Right. And, you know, up through, really up through, I guess, 2003 when Bounden came out, that was the first one that they had that actually had any sort of like speech. Yes. Everything up to that point didn't. So what was really cool about Luxo Jr. was it, you know, it wasn't much of a story, but there was a short narrative to it. You know, it was like a, a, a like a, I always pictured it as like a mother and son um, playing with this ball. And, you know, there's like disappointment and like it, there was, there was a little bit of a story there, uh, which made it interesting and, you know, somewhat compelling. Um as opposed to the adventures of Andre and Wally B, which was basically just somebody running away from the bee. Like <laughs> yeah. it, there was a story there, but it, it was it was a lot less basic. Like what they were trying to do with Luxo Jr. was show off the tech, but also show that they were able to like convey like you know emotion and and story through you know characters that are made of inanimate objects uh, and no dialogue, and that's what led to Toy Story and um, well another short between. Toy Story and then called Red Stream that came out a year later, which was about like a little unicycle. Did you watch that one? Yeah, I really like yeah. that one. It had a very it's super like, goofy, but it's also like sad. Yeah, <laughs> and the music had like a very noir feel to it. You were like, it seemed like you yeah. were watching something from like the 1920s based on the music choice. I was like, this is kind of cool, but you know, it at the same time, it was sad. <laughs> yeah, th- those first Lasseter shorts, like Red Stream, Tin Toy, Knick Knack, you know, these all, they led up to Toy Story. They're saying, okay, like, we can make a story with inanimate objects, with toys. That's interesting, and it's compelling. And and with Toy Story, they were able to add speech. Obviously, it was a much bigger production at the time. But, um, yeah, I, I love those original shorts. Like, I, I have gone back and watched Knick Knack and Tin Toy a dozen times. The baby from Tin Toy creeps me out. Yes, no end. okay. Like it's it's Not super, just me. super scary. <laughs> But I always loved Knick Knack. I just thought it was like so clever and so well done. And, you know, the, it's what it's those shorts as well as Jerry's Game, which was like the first one that I really remember watching. That was Same. on Bug's Life. Yeah. Um, it, it was those ones that I that like really got me thinking about my first like choice for a career. And I didn't end up going down that route. But as a kid, like I, I wanted to work for Pixar since I was like seven years old. That was like a dream of mine and it never came to fruition, but it was always, it was like something that I thought about all the time. And when a new Pixar movie came out, I was usually more excited for the short than I was for the actual movie. Cause like for the movie, it's like, okay, I have an idea of what I'm getting for the trailers, right? but the short was always a surprise. I had no idea what was coming. And so when I was sitting in the theater, I was always just like, yes, yes. What is it? And it, it never let me down. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the baby in Tin Toy because my notes here literally say that baby looks terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that's been a pretty common criticism over the years. It's super, super, super creepy. But that short won an Academy Award. So, you know, you can't can't knock it too much. Yeah. I was like, well, that explains why all the toys are under the couch hiding from the baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that, that's such a cute story, though, because, you know, like the, the little toy, he feels bad. And like, yeah. you're able to convey like there's there's empathy from a toy to a person, which is interesting. I mean, Tin Toy really that led to toy story and i think it was released with toy story on like the the home release at least yeah plus with jerry's game i felt like that was really a vast improvement on just sort of the look and the feel of the animated shorts because like you that was one of the first ones i remember watching and i was like revisiting it and it hit me i was like i've definitely seen this more than once too so it was one that really kind of stuck with me and i was like oh yeah i remember this little old man yeah i remember doing a presentation in grade school about that i don't remember what it was but it was like in our computer class and you know we had to it was when we were first learning how to use like microsoft word and and powerpoint and stuff and i remember putting together a presentation about pixar and their shorts and jerry's game like i i embedded the entire video in the powerpoint and just made my entire class watch it because i loved it so much at the time it's so goofy but you know the the character modeling was so much better than the baby yeah i mean really jerry was like the first like i guess human really i mean i guess in toy story there were humans but you didn't see like a whole lot of them they were just kind of in the background. This was like the first like real human-centered short, at least. Yeah, I did notice that they would sort of focus more on toys or animals or something like that. Or even, like you said, inanimate objects. And they would just make them come to life. But I also noticed that they seem to have quite a few that involve birds. So Pixar just mu- must really like birds. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that toys and birds are probably, you know, their skeletal structures are less, comple- less complex. Yeah. So I think they're easier to model True. than humans. And it's really hard to get fingers right. <laughs> but it's not so hard to get, you know, like a three-toed bird. Yeah, that that is very, very true. Or monsters. I mean, like they didn't have like a fully, fully human animated feature until The Incredibles. Yeah. And even after that, like they still made cars and Wally. Like a lot of their stories are not based around humans, which is good because I think it it allows kids to like, you know, pick up morality. You know, like the the lessons that Pixar tries to convey in their movies. Um, I think that kids are able to pick up on that and apply them to their own relationships. But the magic about Pixar is that they don't have to use humans as a, uh, you know, like a device for those lessons to come across. I think that's really useful because, you know, kids have a hard time, um, I don't know, depending on depending on how they're raised, I guess, uh, kids can have a hard time looking at all people the same, you know, because of biases that they're that they're taught either in school or by their parents. Um, so when they're able to, to learn a lesson through toys or cars or rats or monsters, um, they can apply that to anybody that they meet in their real life it doesn't just have to be somebody that looks like them or is in their social circles like they're able to see like okay like this person is you know they're they're cast out because they're not as good at 
this other thing. Um, but what they learned from Monsters, Inc. and, you know, other stories like that is that being different isn't necessarily bad and you just have to find what it is that you're good at. So that's the great thing about Pixar is they teach lessons like they're they're really good movies narratively and they look beautiful, but they also teach lessons. And I think, um, you know, maybe Jerry's game isn't like a, <laughs> a really great uh, lesson or anything. It's it's just sort of goofy. But uh, I, I think in general, that's something that Pixar excels at with using things that are non-human to convey human emotions and how we should treat other people. Yeah, that's exactly what they do with Bounden too, which you mentioned was the one that had, you know, spoken parts in it finally. And, you know, that comes quite a bit later. And I remember when I was watching it, I picked up on this and one of the characters was like, you know, what color you are doesn't matter. And even though Mm -hmm. he mentions like pink and purple, And, you know, like colors that people wouldn't be, but, you know, it's the same general statement. So they really push the lesson with that one, I think. And, you know, because the others are mostly silent or just, you know, they have music to them. This one, it felt like a huge step in a different direction for them. And they put forward a you know a huge message in it too yeah like i bound in is it's one of my favorites just because it's so it's so like they fit a ton into it i mean it's it's a full story just condensed into it just a very few moments but it's fun and there's a song and like that's like i said there's like the first time there's there's actual speech um but the animation itself like you know, for the birds was really funny it was really good i thought like wow like this looks amazing but when bound in came out i was like wow like Pixar really stepped it up. I feel like Bounden and The Incredibles were huge leaps forward as far as their animation and their technology went. Uh, rightly so. It had been three years since the last movie. So um, as fast as Pixar grows, like three years is a heck of a long time. So that was like the start of a new era, I felt. Yeah. I really like how some of these use a lot of physical comedy too. Like when you watch Presto, you know, the rabbit really wants that carrot and he goes through this whole elaborate thing to get the magician (laughs) to give him the carrot. And it's just a ton of physical comedy. And, you know, you have Mm -hmm. the audience there watching the show and they just eat it up. And I feel like, you know, we are that same audience. We're like, yes, this is fantastic. Even though it doesn't necessarily have like some huge message behind it, you know, it's kind of like, all right, this one was a very fun time. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was weird because they they came out with Bounden that had, you know, speech through song. And then they went back to a silent streak. One man band lifted Presto. They were all completely silent. Like there, I mean, there was no, there was no speech, but there was a lot of physical comedy. Like you say, Presto is great. I think that might be one of my all time favorites. Yeah. Like it's just so clever, but Presto is also, also has sort or uh, I'm sorry, lifted also has sort of like a a little soft spot in my heart just because it's, (laughs) I, I just like the, the stories about kids that are trying to learn stuff and, and just messing up and, you know, learning that it's okay. Like learning is trial and error and, that story is just funny because it's you know it's just like this little kid alien who's like basically taking his driver's test yeah. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he's he's testing on an actual human being who's just trying to sleep and for some reason won't wake up despite the fact that he's being literally bounced around his room um i don't know that one's just absurd but it was yeah it was kind of weird because they they went back to sort of a, a silent streak and i feel like a lot of their their shorts are silent like they're heavily focused on music and story but not so much on speech yeah with 
lifted, I, I made the note. I was like, that's kind of what I look like in front of a mixing board in a recording studio because, you know, you have all the knobs. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, yeah, I'm going to do the business track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was more or less the same. You know, recording a podcast is much easier when you only have a few knobs to deal with. But when it's an entire yeah, mixing it's, it's board, press you're record like, and uh, go. okay, which one is which? Okay, what's going to what? And then you have to like label everything every time you go in there. It's it's crazy. But yeah, that's kind of what that reminded me of. I was like, yep, that's kind of what I look like in front of a mixing board. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those ones are really fun. Like One Man Band, I I watched I used to watch that one a lot. It was attached to Cars, which was not my favorite um feature by any means, but One Man Band was just really funny. Like the the emotion that they were able to actually convey on the faces of their human characters at this point really excelled. I think The Incredibles again was like a huge step forward for that, like, you know, the way that um, you know, the kids would like stick out their their lips or something when they were upset. They did some of that in, in one man band. Like they just did a lot more uh, movement with the characters and a lot more facial movement with the characters, which I think went a long way. Um, and Presto just sort of like took that to the max, literally electrocuting people and <laughs> and all the the crazy shenanigans that that the rabbit did to the magician. I really like that one too. But um, yeah, yeah. But what about partly cloudy? Like I this one, I'm I'm not. I'm not quite as keen on this one. I don't know if it's because it's not maybe quite as standard as the other ones were as far as like Pixar animation goes. Yeah, there was still that sort of physical comedy aspect to it with the stork getting pretty beat up by all of the, you know, baby animals and creatures that this cloud was giving them to deliver. But I was like, I I guess I get it. But then at the same time, I was like, eh, you know, that, that one's kind of a pass for me. Yeah, I, I don't feel quite as attached to Partly Cloudy and Day and Night. Like those ones, they're not, they're not quite what I. Uh, Day and Night is super know, different style wise. Yeah, it is. It really is, and I think that's probably why. I don't know. This is kind. of, I mean, at this point, I was a little bit older, so right. I, you know, I'm not like watching Pixar movies every day like I used to when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, those ones I kind of passed up on. But then La Luna came out, and I love that short. Yeah. And it made things a little more diverse, too. You know, they were getting a little more creative with the stories they were telling and sort of targeting a wider audience, I feel like. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. Because, you know, like La Luna, you then have later on Sanjay's super team. And, yeah. you know, that one is definitely sort of along those same lines where it's like, okay, you're learning about this boy's culture but in a sort of superhero fashion and I feel like that made it a little more relatable for a lot of kids because then you also have him not really wanting to do what his dad wants him to do and what kid hasn't felt that way you know Mm -hmm. yeah that actually preparing for this episode was the first time I watched that one uh what, what movie did that come out with it came out with The Good Dinosaur, which I still haven't seen. I haven't seen that either. So I think this was the first time I had also watched it. But when I watched it, I was like, wow, this one's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I After, I guess after Brave, I just wasn't like quite as keen on seeing them as soon as they came out. Yeah. Uh, and that's not to say that they're bad because Inside Out is probably one of my top five. I love that movie. Right. But- yeah, the good dinosaur I skipped. I, I skipped the the short with it, but it was really cute. Like it's you know, 
it's Pixar at its finest, like taking a concept like, you know, differences in religion and, um, and cr- turning it into something that the kids maybe are interested in right now, like superheroes. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. It was, it was a really, really cool short. And after that though, um, Oh wait, wait, wait! We skipped. Uh, we skipped, we skipped a few. Brew umbrella, yes. which was which was different. That one was really different too. But I thought it was it was cool. It was um, it felt more like a a college like demo, you know, like a like a a college project, animation project sort of th- feel. Yeah, which is cool in a way because it kind of harkens back to the original Pixar shorts. But it was very different. Um, but I did, I did like that one too. And then Lava, I have a soft spot for that, but that's just cause it's a really good song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's I something listen to that song. They had, they have like that song out in several languages and they're all like really good. I really like the Italian one. And that's something different too, because they, you know, made this song specifically for this short, it seems like. And, you know, they built the whole short around the song, which usually it's just background music playing. And, I did notice, you know, like in the 80s and everything, it was really something that John Lasseter was pushing, it seemed. And then as you continue on, it feels like they're they're almost like giving people a chance to show you what they can do with animation instead of it yeah. just being, you know, okay, you know, John Lasseter is going to take everything and sort of form that. I don't know what exactly his role was, but I know that more people had started to get involved with the actual animation process for these shorts as time went on. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, after, you know, Steve Jobs like helped like really get Pixar off the ground. Um, Things grew a lot after the first movie came out. Obviously they were able to hire a lot more people and it became what it is now. But then, you know, the the cool thing about these shorts is you're right. Like John Laster, he, he did the first, you know, several like animated shorts after Andre and Wally B. Um, you know the 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 classic ones i guess we call it before there there was any real narrative um but then after that they've had a different director for every single one of them they've all been very different in their own way because of the the writers and directors like being able to come in and tell their stories and i think that's kind of what pixar is looking for like they're looking for a way to like show um or to give new talent a chance to yeah. show what they have in a in a short form uh, and in some cases, you know, these people go on to work on the the feature releases as well. So it's sort of like a hot, you know, like a, a hotbed of talent um, that they're pulling up and, and giving a chance. And that's really cool because there's some, been some really, really cool shorts that have come out of it and they've done really well on their own. Like La Luna was one of the first ones that I remember hearing about uh, online sort of independent of the movie that it was attached to. Like that one got sent quite uh, sent around quite a bit. I don't think it won any academy awards or anything but it did really well online it got passed around quite a bit and then piper i remember seeing piper i think even before finding dory came out because i think that was a short that maybe was produced independently and then released with the movie uh but i remember seeing piper online before i even saw finding dory i was like wow like just the like the water effects in this one is just they're just crazy yeah, see, you are way more in touch with this stuff because I can't tell you when any of these came out with what movies or anything like that. So <laughs> I think, you know, you're a little bit more of a Pixar expert than I am here. But then you have like the obvious ones like Party Central from, I believe it was Monsters University. So you have those ones that are themed to go with the movies yeah. as sort of just like bonus content, like Mike's new car 
it's entertaining, but it's <laughs> yeah. not something that necessarily needed to be in the movie, so to speak. Right. Yeah. It's it's bone. There. These are like bonus shorts within the universe of of you know whatever movie right. that it happens to be. Um, there are those ones like Mike's new car. Uh, there's the one about Jack Jack. Uh, yes. They they've had one for most of the more modern movies, uh, and then there's like. They actually do like series of these things too. You know, you can get Blu-rays that just have tons of shorts about Mater from Cars, which I, again, I'm not as into Cars. I haven't watched probably most of these, but I've seen like Mater and the Ghost Light and uh, whatever. <laughs> There's tons of them, but uh, yeah, I, I do like the Toy Story ones. I think those are fun just because those are characters that I grew up with. But there are so many of them now that I I know that I haven't seen all of them. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think as far as the theatrical ones go, Lou and Bao are the two most recent ones. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen Bao because I, I missed Incredibles 2 in theater, so that's kind of a shame, but um, Lou was really good. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Again, more lessons. Yeah, it's another it one really that good. has a big lesson in it for kids. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. It was really clever. It wasn't what I expected at all, like... I, I had no idea what I was going to be getting when I came into it. You know, I kind of expected maybe like another little um, like lost and found toys yeah. sort of scenario. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that Lewis is like shape-shifting thing made of discarded items. So it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, that one was really fun. And I think that sort of just goes to show how they're, you know, like you said, they're using this talent that they have and sort of just letting people really experiment with the stories that they want to tell and I think when you do end up watching Bao you'll really see that with that one too because that felt like a really unique and diverse story again like you know Sanjay's and even La Luna. I thought maybe for a minute but like I, I watched Lou for the first time preparing for this episode as well because uh, again I'm not I haven't seen Cars 2, let alone Cars 3. <laughs> so uh, I messed out on that one. But when I saw like Piper, Lou, Bao, and then Pearl, I guess is the next one that's coming out with whatever movie. I guess it's in development. Okay. I was like, is this like a series? Or are they starting to do, to do like a series? But um, no, they're just kind of on a little track where they just have one name. Yeah. <laughs> shorts or something. So yeah, I, I want to see I want to see that new one. But uh yeah, I love these shorts. Like, I, I actually, I have these in, like, 1080p. Like, I don't I don't keep a lot of video files on my computer that are that large just because, you know, I, I don't need 1080p. I'm usually fine with 720. But right. with these ones, they're just so beautiful and they're so short anyway that it doesn't really matter. Um, I just, I love to watch these things. Like, I don't know. What are your, of the theatrical ones, what would you say are your top five? Oh, man, I am the worst at ranking things. So these are probably <laughs> going to be in no order. But I think Jerry's game is on there just because of how okay. much of an impact it had. And you were like, OK, I see what they're doing here. And you really saw the improvement that Pixar was going for. And then I definitely would say Presto is probably top two, at least. Don't ask okay. me which spot, but it's up there. <laughs> Bounden was really fun. I had just watch that one for the first time though but i think it would easily go up in the top five and then la luna was really great i really enjoyed that one and it might be for that fifth spot uh, like a tie for sanjay's and bow probably 
Okay, cool. That's interesting. Most of those are the ones I think I'd pick too. Like Jerry's Game, just for nostalgia. Like yeah. that one just meant so much to me as a kid for some reason. I would say probably it's a weird like i i want to say that there's a tie between lifted and presto just because i like them so much but i think presto was probably the the better short uh la luna is beautiful piper gives me all the feels and geez as a fifth one like i really like the song in lava <laughs> i think yeah. i'm just gonna give it yeah. to lava yeah but bounden is so good too like that was that one always like got stuck in my head yeah i i think it's I hard <laughs> we've probably nailed like i know it is hard but i think we've nailed probably like the ones that i think a lot of people think of when they think of these shorts um i don't know when it when people say pixar shorts knickknack is always the one that comes to my mind and sometimes i wake up with nick like the knickknack song in my head <laughs> it's really strange but yeah that was a really special one too man these are really great and like i still wish that you know in another maybe in another life or something i i was a a pixar animator but that's such a cool, cool company. Like I, I absolutely love them, and I love everything that they make. And yeah, the shorts are, are are a huge part of that. Like I, I think of the shorts probably just as often as I think of the movies. Yeah, definitely. And now I can definitely say that I have seen more of the shorts than I have of the movies because, like you, it was like okay, we grew up with A Bug's Life, Toy Story. I still don't think I've even seen Toy Story three because I. Oh man, I, I you got know. it though. I, I need to. Really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I fell yeah. off with them a lot. And then everyone was talking about Inside Out. And I think that's when I sort of picked up on at least some of them again. And, I, you know, I went and saw Coco in theaters. And you and I have texted about that one before. And we were like, oh, it was so good. It's so sad. And it's so good. And there's so many feelings. <laughs> so many feelings. Yeah, I love Coco. Like, Inside Out and Coco, like, they just both hit. Like, Up, I remember being like the first one that like really gave me the feels like that one was so touching right off the bat but yeah inside out and coco are really important movies i think like really important movies and i think everybody should see them but yeah no i i get what you mean especially with the shorts like it's it's easier to remember the earlier shorts because at the time when you're watching them on home video you know, you're watching a VHS and you would have to fast forward <laughs> through them right. to get to the movie. Like you usually had less of a choice. Like your mom would put on the movie and then leave the room. So you would watch the short. Like it was just part of the movie. But now I don't know how it is on the DVDs because I haven't used a DVD in a long time either. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm assuming it's it's probably like a an option that you can choose from the menu. I don't know. Yeah, I have no now, idea. Now they're like releasing them individually. Uh, are they putting like the the feature releases like the like the original shorts on the DVD? Like are like Jerry's Game and For the Birds and Bound and like are those all coming out on those like Pixar short DVDs, do you know? You know, that's a good question because I've definitely seen DVDs and Blu-rays that are just literally a collection of the shorts that you can buy. Mhm. But I didn't look at, you know, like what the lineup of shorts was because I had a little bit of trouble finding some of these because when you go on YouTube to watch them, you get a lot of student projects that were like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, I did music and hired voice actors and, you know, kind of did a new thing for it because a lot of people will use the pixar shorts for like their sound projects apparently and i was like nope this Mm. isn't this is not the original at all (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I saw a lot of those ones where it's, you know, the video was there, but it's like superimposed in a corner and then they have like white noise behind it so they can't get taken down or yeah. you know, it won't automatically get taken down. That's really annoying, but yeah, I guess they they've got they've got compilations now that you can buy uh that just have like Pixar Shorts Film Collection Volume 1 and Volume 2. They have one for the Tiny Toy Stories, they have one for the Cars tunes. Um I think you could buy yeah, them so you can, through you can YouTube buy a lot too. of these. Because I think I was seeing a lot of yeah. them for like $2 each on YouTube. But I was like, sorry, guys, I can't spend like $50 right now to watch all of these. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it does. It has like uh, it has like the the movie shorts, like you're from the rat. But it also has like Presto and yeah. um, and like the the future ones. So those are cool little collections. I, I have them all downloaded individually that I, you know, at some point got from Blu-rays or or whatever. But, yeah, I, I definitely have more Pixar shorts in my library than I do the actual feature length movies maybe I should fix that yeah it's funny when I went to go see Incredibles 2 I totally forgot that the shorts were a thing because sometimes in my head I'll just do the math like okay if the movie starts at this time I'll actually be done at this time but when I went to Incredibles 2 I was like oh I didn't account for there being a short and you know I didn't really care (laughs) it was whatever I didn't have anything that I needed to get to right away but I was like oh, this is pleasant by the end of it. So, you know, I definitely recommend checking that one out. And it is really nice getting to see them in theaters, though. It had been a while. Was there one in front of Coco? Or uh, I don't think there was. That's a, I don't, I don't know that there was. There was a big controversy around, was it Coco or Frozen 2? I have not seen yeah, Frozen it, 2. Oh, yeah, sure yeah. Which. No, it was a combination. It was a combination. There was a short before Coco. But it was the Frozen short. There was like a there was a pretty long Frozen short that that was playing before the movies, and it actually like got people upset because it was so long. It was it was hardly a short. It was like a very short feature. Um, how long? Oh yeah, uh, it was a twenty minute feature in the world of Frozen that played before Coco. And I in a lot of cases, the theaters stopped that. playing them. <laughs> Yeah, it, in a lot of places they actually stopped playing the twenty-one minute Frozen short. Oh just yeah, so they, I definitely uh, did not know, sit get through the, that. The pushback. My theater must have stopped showing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's. I didn't get to see Coco in theaters either, but I've watched it like a dozen times on video since. But I still have not seen this uh, little Olaf Frozen adventure short. I'm sure it's very cute, but I would be frustrated too. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if like twenty minutes later I'm I've already finished my popcorn and the movie is yet to play. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, too, because when you get popcorn, you know it does not last the whole movie anyway. No way. Like, I mean, I'm lucky if it gets through the previews as it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way it would make it through a 20-minute short. I would have to. I would already have to go to the bathroom because <laughs> I finished my large soda. Yeah. Sometimes I literally just sit on one of the benches outside of the theater and just skip all the previews. I'm like, okay, I have about 15 minutes before the movie actually starts, and I'll just, like, no check way. my phone. No way. You got to see the... <laughs> I guess if you're if you go to the theaters often enough, that might be like a, a good thing to do. But I love the I love the previews. Like I I like usually if I'm going to the movies, I'm going with like my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So you know we'll do that thing where like we'll watch the the trailer and at the end of it, before the next trailer starts, we'll look at each other and like either give each other a, a nod yes or a shake no. <laughs> <laughs> like we're gonna go see that. We're not gonna go see that. Yeah. And it, it actually informs a lot of my uh, my watch list on Letterbox. So. I love the I love the, the trailers. That is true, but yeah, because I have been using Movie Pass, I've been going more than I normally would by far. So I was like, I don't really need to see a preview for you know skyscraper again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably not. 
<laughs> and plus, then I was usually going by myself, so it's not like I really needed to confirm with anyone whether we are going to see a movie or not. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's what's the next like Pixar feature that's set to come out? Do we even know? I have no idea. I'm really bad at keeping up with these things. Until they put a preview or a trailer in front of my face, I probably won't know. <laughs> huh. Let's see. I wonder if I can find this. There's got to be like a, a list of Pixar. You have internet. You can look. <laughs> I, know, I know. That's what I'm trying to do. It's probably going to be like Cars 4. <laughs> no, it's Toy Story 4. Yep. So yeah, the, the, next, I was close. the next Pixar movie <laughs> is Toys 4. That's the one. Yeah, it doesn't look like they have anything else planned. That's strange. Like, don't they usually plan like several ahead? I wonder what the the holdup is. Yeah, because it takes them so long to work on them too. Wasn't Coco like a six year process? Yeah, I mean, I like they showed trailers for Coco like almost two years in advance. Like, I, I saw my first teaser for that like two years before it even came out, and I thought, oh man, that's not gonna be very good. And then it ended up being like my favorite of all time. But. Wow. Yeah. It's so strange. Like I remember a few years ago, they announced um, like Good Dinosaur, Finding Dory, Cars 3 and Coco, like all at the same time. And then they all kind of came out. But now we've got Toy Story 4 and that's it. I didn't even know they were making another Toy Story. I thought that was done. I guess I really do need to go watch Toy Story 3 now, don't I? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So five, there's five untitled projects slated for March, 2020, June, 2020, June, 2021, and then two for 2022. So yeah, they don't do like massive release schedules necessarily. I think, you know, one to two a year is probably the max, even though they have a bigger staff now, just because of how time consuming that is. Oh, man, the next four of them are set to be original films. So that's good, because I feel like the sequels have really been lacking. So four more originals. One of them may be a suburban fantasy film. Hmm, which takes place in a post-magical world without humans and populated with elves, trolls, and sprites where unicorns are as common as rodents. That sounds totally in my vein. Cool. It almost sounds like Harry Potter without the people. <laughs> hey, I'm all right with that. Yeah, cool. Man, I lo- yep, I love Pixar. I'm going to have to read that book so we can talk more about Pixar. Yeah, I, I am getting through Thrawn Alliances right now. And then I will add it to mm. the list. I also have to do some Harry Potter rereading, actually, because I'm going to podcast on the books, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? Actually, I I would suggest to you, if because I know you like listening to things and it's a lot easier than reading, listen to the Jim Dale audiobooks. They're fantastic. They're absolutely wonderful. Not Stephen Fry. Don't listen to the Stephen Fry ones. The Jim Dale ones. They're fantastic. It's, it's almost always the way I... I choose to go if i want to revisit the harry potter world like i'll just re-listen to those in a couple weeks because they're fantastic yeah it it is a lot of reading so i might have to do that because you know me i will listen to hours upon hours of stuff yeah yeah it's good and you can always like speed up the the speech a little bit i feel like for the the story ones i don't i don't go it's a little harder yeah one and a half yeah one and a half yeah i I think i'm a notch under 2x right now on my podcast yeah, I'm uh, I'm full two X with smart speeds still, so it's um it's a problem, but you know what? It's 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 like one of those things where when you're around people, I generally don't listen to my podcast out in the open. Like yeah, I usually have my headphones on, but every once in a while, like I'll be at work or something, and you know I I would have like a you know a space apart from everybody else where I'd be able to turn it on, um, and it wouldn't bother anybody. But then if somebody came and like passed my space, they would hear it and. Uh, and then they would be like, 
what are you listening to? And my answer would usually be like, you now, like <laughs> dropping it, like, please leave. But, uh, but no. Yeah, they're always like, wow, why, how can you listen to it that fast? And I get that question too. It's a work in progress. <laughs> it, it's not like I just started doing it, you know. It's yeah, a, you have to slowly you build up, up to from. it. <laughs> it is an illness. It is an illness. But Yeah, listening yeah. at 1x is so weird now. I'm like, it's so slow. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're drunk. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, 100 episodes. That's crazy. What, yeah. uh, what you got planned for the next 100 episodes? Right now, you know, I am going through the Mission Impossible movies, so that is going to continue. Okay. We have done the first two so far, and then I put that on pause to do episode 100, <laughs> and then I'll probably yeah. pick up with three again after this, just because that is the single Mission Impossible movie we own. I have no idea why. <laughs> it really bothers me that we do this, too. <laughs> like, we have sequels, but we don't have the movies that come before it and i'm just like what who let yeah. us do this <laughs> well it's because it's usually because like you're able like whatever you use to rent movies for the first two like you saw them renting them from best you know or blockbuster or whatever and so you didn't have to buy them but then blockbuster goes out of business <laughs> and you're like okay well we don't have Redbox yet so uh what do we do so then you buy it in the dollar bin at walmart and that's why you own it like the, yeah. in, in my in my case like that's how it always was or i'd buy them from like movie stores that were going out of business like oh this is you know i'll get this and then i'll pick up the other one later no i won't i'll just have terminator <laughs> 3 on my shelf forever yeah alone with no special features because it was from a, a movie rental place but yeah it's weird how that happens it's it's strange what actually collects over time <laughs> like my my parents vhs collection is a lot like that it's just the strangest compilation of films that yeah and we never really went to blockbuster so my guess is that it was on sale at best buy and we were like oh mission impossible let's buy it and it was just you know yeah. the most recent one at the time and we were like oh we don't have the first two <laughs> but those weren't on sale probably so we didn't bother there's a reason best buy has like seven of those dollar bins located yeah. <laughs> around the store <laughs> whatever's on top yeah, so I will be re-watching re three because I know I've seen it even though I hadn't seen the first two. <laughs> well, that's great. Like, that's a, that's a good way to lock down. How many are there now? Like six? So you got yeah. like six episodes? Yeah, there are Out of six. that series? Yeah. That's clever. That's good thinking. <laughs> That'll get you on your way. I did an episode that was all of the Harry Potter movies in one, and I was like, man, I could have really milked that for eight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of movies. I mean... Uh, that's seven or eight. They made eight movies out of that. Yeah, because I think they split book they seven split into one. two movies. They hunger gamed it. But I'll get seven episodes out of the books as I make my way through those. So, you know, it, we yeah. have a lot of series coming up, I guess, for now. And then, you know, we yeah. will get to that Pixar book. We will be back for regular Pixar talk. Yeah, hopefully I can read that at some point. I gotta, gotta work on my reading game, but that's, uh, that's part of my goal for, for this fall. Yeah, well, just keep me updated. Dibs are all yours. Good. Yeah, I'll, I'll hang on to that. I'm sorry I couldn't do Coco. Coco, like I wanted to do Coco. You've asked you asked me like two or three times <laughs> if I okay. do Coco, and I just I can't do it. I I just feel like I I love that movie so much, um, for so many reasons. But I feel like I'm just not the person to talk about it. Like it doesn't. I feel like as much as it like emotionally affects me, it doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with like my culture. So I feel like I wouldn't have anything of of worth to say i feel like there's always somebody better to talk about that with than me megan and i gushed said, about that it that said so. i'm gonna watch it again this week <laughs> yeah we did get it covered so no worries there <laughs> all right cool well 
Dana, thank you so much for having me on uh, not only this one, but the the 50 as well. Like it's, it's cool to, to watch you continue to do the show. It's amazing. I wish that I had. Yeah, I, th- I think we got really nerdy for episode 50 with uh, the digital storage there. Yeah, probably too nerdy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. People but... are probably just skipping my episodes. They're like, God, he just like really gets into the weeds about file systems. But no, no, I do appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know. The I think the Frank Ocean one blew up because people thought Frank Ocean was on the podcast. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Dana, I gotta tell you, running a Frank Ocean fan site that now has an email address is a strange, strange experience. I bet. I'm getting several emails a week from people thinking that they're reaching the man himself, and it's really hard to email them. Like, I could just leave the emails there to decay, but I don't want them, like, thinking... He's ignoring you them. Know, like maybe, yeah, maybe he's seeing them and he's just ignoring them because I feel like that would just like knock him down. So I've had to like reply to like a dozen people already at this point saying like, I'm sorry to say that you've reached a fan site. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you got to email this address without knowing it was a fan site because it says that on the page where this address is listed but people don't read <laughs> i wish you the best no like people are sending me like advanced copies of of their like student films and stuff like private screeners of of movies that aren't out yet because they're asking for like licensing permission to use frank ocean songs in their film so it's yeah. like it's sort of a strange thing it's like uh your movie looks great <laughs> but i'm sorry to say i'm i'm not frank like of course i'm gonna click it <laughs> like i'm not frank ocean but you're sending me a link i'm gonna look at it (laughs) yeah it's a strange thing but yeah i'm glad that episode did well it's good yeah frank ocean's uh he's doing well in the podcast space right now with uh dissect i don't know how many people were disappointed when he wasn't on it and just turned it off but you know it got the downloads (laughs) you got the downloads got the downloads that that helps it does keep building up you can use that to get more sponsors so doesn't matter yeah that is something i have been slacking on (laughs) i kind of just want the podcast to eventually pay for itself i was like 20 bucks a month that's like all i need right now and then maybe pay me for my time down the line at some point (laughs) yeah now monetizing podcasts is hard that's why like you know we're trying something different at breaker and uh anchor's doing some different things and overcast is is gonna open up a new tag for like payment links in the app and yeah, it's it's a weird space, but you know, I'm hoping that something shakes out so that more people can get paid because getting advertisers is the hardest thing. So I think right now there's just a big push for uh, trying to find ways to get podcasters paid without having to connect them with businesses that are, you know, willing to to pay them. And if they are willing to pay them, you still have to chase down the invoices. And, yeah, and- <laughs> yeah, I will be dealing with that soon as I start an official role in chapter John. that's right no congratulations on that too i think that's really cool thank you yeah it'll definitely be fun it's not full-time or anything so i can still have plenty of time to apparently start another podcast because i'm crazy (laughs) nah (laughs) yeah you know um i don't know if you've teased that one out yet but that one does sound cool i i'm working on it i was like all right gotta (laughs) gotta get a logo done and then gotta start recording because it'll take so much time and for anyone who doesn't know by now i'm starting a stephen king podcast going through his work and adaptations mostly chronologically it'll be a little different i'll explain that on that show though and just because of the amount of time it takes to read some of his books i feel like i really need to get a head start just so i can give people time to actually read some of this stuff i think right now people have claimed like the first seven books and movies and stuff so 
I should be able to get like hopefully 10 or 12 episodes done before I actually launch it because I don't want to launch it and be like rushing every week to find someone to record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's absolutely no reason to. Like I, I talk to people about that all the time. Like if you're going to start a new show, don't don't feel like you have to put that first one out there. You know, I, I think uh, Merlin Mann and, and John Syracuse recorded like four or five episodes of reconcilable differences before they even put out one and i think they trashed the first two or three yeah because the, you know they're just working things out they don't know how the show's gonna go like go ahead and record like do all your experimentation before you put it out because there's there's that old adage where you have a lifetime to put out your first record and two to three years to put out your second yeah <laughs> you know so once once you get that out there like people are gonna expect more um i feel like you should take as much time as you feel you need to to make it right before you actually start the thing so i think having a backlog is a great idea and that's actually why i love like podcasts like serial or well i guess serial like does go week to week but they do a lot of their prep ahead of time so they're able to put things out in seasons i really like that i think that's like super beneficial for the producer so there's not quite as much pressure on them to create stuff every week because you know time is a factor and and uh especially when you have other things going on that can be hard so yeah i i might consider the seasonal thing too and do it like each decade is a season or something like that just for the sake of maybe having a little more time but we'll see how you know these first few go yeah you can and when you're when you do it that way you're able to put a lot of more effort into the actual production of the thing so you can do neat stuff like i, I don't know if this is something that you would ever want to do with a like a, a book podcast like that but um being being able to do some more production and like scoring and stuff like that like really make each episode its own cohesive thing yeah uh is a lot easier than you know just throwing something together on a on a two-week cycle that's that's hard like i do with this nearly impossible (laughs) sure yeah i mean i that's why i'm saying it's crazy that you've done 100 episodes of this like that's nuts yeah I, i did have a decent backlog of episodes but with the internet problems recently i was i didn't get quite as many recorded this past week or so as i would have hoped so right now i have you know this episode and episode 99 and that's it and then i have to figure out everything else within the next two weeks (laughs) hey that's what the backlog is for like you build up a backlog for when things like that come up you know when i when i was doing variable bitrate i i had a plan to to do this whole backlog so i could take off the holiday season but still have episodes coming out like i I wouldn't have to do any work because i did it ahead of time and none of that worked and <laughs> i quit the podcast instead but that's also know, I, fine I, I tried. <laughs> yeah well this has been great thank you again so much for having me on and uh best of luck with you know at least the next 50 if you have me on maybe i'll have that book finished by 50 <laughs> <laughs> take your time i know i read at a much faster rate than normal people do so don't worry about it we can yeah. plan far ahead you know give i can give you like you know a few months at least okay maybe All more right. we can good. do it next year if yeah. we need to <laughs> well i got that and I, i've got that stephen king, king book i gotta rereads too so you're giving me all kinds of homework yes. which isn't good because i'm starting <laughs> my new semester on monday I so apologize. i have a whole bunch of actual homework it's all right i'll uh figure it out i think i think you're you would be episode like seven or so with the stephen king podcast so if i okay. start recording one a week i i think you'll still have you know a couple months here because i won't be starting it until I actually have internet again, probably because, you know, you and I can record just via a phone call because we both record on our end, but not everyone does that or 
would it's true it, it would be weird for some people so that's probably why i didn't think of it in the first place so thank you for <laughs> making me realize i could in fact still podcast without internet that that's a good thing to know <laughs> yep yeah like i said before we started like i've i've recorded podcasts over so many different mediums it's insane and you know what i think i actually prefer discord to skype or anything else i know this is in the weeds and we're trying to finish the episode but i'm just saying i tried that recently and i love it because like discord is is so reliable with their like their speech communication it's great i wouldn't say it's like great if you have to record their end right but if you're if you're able to record on both ends it's very nice because it's super low data usage you're just sending basically little tiny snippets and their uh their limiting is is really great too you should definitely send me the link for that and i can check it out Maybe we can record an episode through that next time. We'll just cover all the different ways to record an episode by the time, you know, we're done <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jacob, for being willing to come on for these milestone episodes with me. I figured since you helped me kick off the podcast, I would give you first dibs at some of these first couple milestones here. So, you know... Pixar was definitely a good choice. I had a lot of fun watching these shorts and I know we just went on like a 20 minute tangent, but you know, that's, that's what you get when Jacob and I talk. That seems so. about right though. <laughs> yeah. I think that happens every time. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, they, they'll be fine. You know, if they want to turn it off after the shorts, that's fine. I have podcast chapters. We're good. <laughs> cool. And to our listeners, as always, thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Later.